Hello, and welcome back to another episode of International Immersion, a podcast that seeks to capture the combined experiences of people, places, culture, traveling, current events, living abroad, and much, much more. For this episode, I wanted to cover something that has been brought up a number of times in conversations with a variety of people that I've encountered throughout a large portion of my life. Particularly when I have traveled and people learn that I'm an American, they always ask, what is it about Americans and guns? So on and so forth. So with that being said, I wanted to explore this more. And one way to do this was visiting a gun show here in the U.S. where I live and breaking down the elements of what what makes up a gun show and the multitude of factors that go into it, and particularly how, when, where, why, and etc. So to begin with, you know, just as a disclaimer, this is my personal account of visiting one in the St. Louis, uh, Missouri area in the United States, and my own personal thoughts, opinions, and conclusions from doing so the first time since about 2012. So it's been about 10 years since I've been to one, and now as an adult, it really makes a big difference in terms of your perspective and other aspects that you may think of. So to begin with, location and setup. So where do people have gun shows? Where do they organize them, etc. here? Well, the most common places would be convention centers, large buildings, malls, private venues, but really any large space or public place that can be modified with security and other things can be used for a gun show. The one I visited was at a convention center in St. Charles, Missouri, where they host a lot of different events and festivals, and this one just happened to be a gun show. The second point, size. They can vary. The one I was at was quite large, took up the entire convention center, but it can it depends on the location, how many vendors are there, and a multitude of factors. But generally speaking, they're decent size, and you have a large number of people, vendors, and of course, a wide range of products. And then that leads into the next point, vendors and products. So basically the types of vendors you're going to see at these events are going to be people who deal in weapons, ammunition, supplies, but also a host of other things. There were some jewelry vendors. There were some art vendors. There were historical vendors with different types of products, things like that. So in terms of what the vendors have, there's a list of products that I observed. So you have historical weapons, so weapons that date back from early gun, early gunpowder age, flintlock, percussion, and up going up into more modern firearms, but they're still of historical value. Historical items like uniforms, accoutrements, all types of things that were used by militaries, frontiersmen, but pretty much anything around the world. So it's quite unique in the type of uh, items you can see that have historical value. You know, clothing, material, uh, helmets, you name it, so on and so forth. There's quite a bit of it, and that's actually what some vendors specialize in, is its historical weapons and items. Ammunition. You can't have a gun show without ammunition. You can't have a gun. You can't shoot a gun without ammunition. There is a lot of ammunition, but I would say the bulk of it is for modern handguns, rifles, assault rifles, things like that. So 9mm, 380, 22 caliber, uh, 223, 
5.56 NATO. Uh, but also you have, you know, 7.62. You name it, the type of ammunition, they they will have it. It's gonna. There's a wide range, but the most common tend to be your 22 caliber 9mm, mainly your pistol cartridges, but also a decent number of rifle cartridges and even assault rifles, depending on the vendors who were at that that uh, gun show. Handguns. I would say probably the most common weapon you could find at this gun show, and many are handguns. They're, there's just a multitude of them. Some vendors have a large number, but pretty much every aisle I went down at the gun show, there were at least one or two vendors who had handguns. They're prolific, and there's so many different types you can't even imagine, but it's quite interesting the different calibers, but I would say 9mm is probably one of the most common because the ammunition is very readily available here in the United States. Next thing, assault weapons. One thing about the U.S. that definitely stands out is that there were a lot of vendors with assault type weapons. So you have, the most common I would say was the AR-15, but also you had AK-47s and a number of others, but I would say the AR-15 was probably the most popular and the most common. There were a lot of vendors that had them, different models, different makes, uh, versions, length, but it was actually rather surprising because I wasn't expecting that many to be there, but in reality there were quite a few of them. The next thing would be knives. A lot of knives, different types of knives, personal use, tactical knives, things like that. Pretty common, a lot of vendors would have them, some specialized in it completely. Tactical gear. A decent amount of tactical gear, like outdoor uh, shooting range, but also military grade, civilian grade, a lot of things like you know, um, magazine magazine holders, um, bullet, bulletproof vests with with slots for magazines, uh, holsters, different types of belts, a lot of tactical gear uh, for both civilian and even more military type use. And of course, you can't really go anywhere. With, with a gun without proper storage or containment, so a lot of storage storage and cases that were being offered by a lot of the different vendors. Very common and very uh, interesting to see the, the variety. And of course, another one is body armor. There were some vendors who specialized specifically in different types of body armor for self-defense that you could buy. And it was interesting talking to a couple of them. They talked about the different um, types they used, the, what they offered, what the benefits are, what they're intended for, what and what's the purpose of each type and how it can be used for you know, defense against you know, bullets fired from a weapon. And then, of course, weapons, weapon accessories, a lot of magazines for guns, and you name it, going back to the other points, a lot of those elements and different, and different items were also included. And then lastly, I would say there's definitely a political element. It's definitely more conservative Republican, at least from my observations of this one. There were some uh, elected officials who had uh, booths there and who were very pro-gun that were distributing their, their, their mandates, their ideas, their political platforms, catering to that because a lot of the people who go to these events, which I'll get into more later, they tend to be more conservative, definitely more of a American Republican Party, but at the same time, a wide plethora of people. The next thing would be, as I just said, the people who visit. 
And that can be broken down into a number of things. And of course, the first one would be gun enthusiasts. There's a lot of Americans who are have are, who are interested in firearms, have firearms, and shooting and other activities that utilize them make up their hobbies. So you definitely see the gun enthusiasts. You can tell you can tell who they are. They know what they're talking about. They know safety. They know protocol, and they know their stuff. They know a lot about guns. I talked to several of them. And they can tell you pretty much about anything. Of course, it varies from person to person, but the people who I met and talked with, they very much knew uh, what they what they knew their trade or they knew what they deal they deal with. But also, I would say the majority of people were actually just average people. There, there were a lot of just couples, couples, young people, old people, all across all across the range of age. So. A lot of people who may, maybe you're not big into guns, don't have a huge interest in them, they're still drawn to these events just for the sake that it's something different, it's interesting. And a lot of these people do end up purchasing a firearm or, you know, go and learn more and do a, a number of things. But that was one thing is just there's a lot of standard everyday people that go to these events that I saw at this gun show in St. Charles, Missouri. So that was pretty interesting, and I talked to a few of them as well, and they had a number of reasons, like they were just interested, they wanted to see what was offered, they wanted to buy a gun, so on and so forth. And I would say another one that was interesting was there were a lot of women. Maybe a lot of people may not think that, especially being outside of the United States, but there were a lot of women and couples there, which was interesting, and particularly I, I observed quite a few women purchasing firearms, pistols, rifles, but also some women that purchased air 15s, air 15, you know, auto, you know, semi-automatic rifles. And it's interesting, but statistics show that a lot of women in the United States, you know, are purchasing firearms and hold firearms to perhaps a bit of a shock for a lot of people. But after looking at it, it's not that surprising, but at the same time, seeing it in person can be like, oh, wow, there's a lot of women here and there are a lot of women here purchasing weapons. And of course, a lot of these couples or even some families, they bring their children. And you see some kids running around, of course, with, you know, the proper instruction, what they can and can't do. You, I know in the state I live in Illinois, you have to have a FOID card. It's a fire owner's identification card. And you have to have that in order to handle or buy a firearm. But in Missouri, which is the state that this event was at, the laws are different. You don't have to have that. And the gun laws are much much more uh, lax. And that's a whole different story going on gun laws in the United States and how they differ from state to state. That's an entire different episode in of itself in terms of its complexity and also the controversy over it. And of course, anytime you go to a place with a lot of firearms, you want to think about security. Of course, I'm going somewhere. First thing I noticed was, okay, what's the security? And basically, the, when you first walk in, you have to pay, you have to get your ticket, you go in, there are metal detectors, there are police, there are different security, they check you out. If you have a firearm, you have to take it out, you have to show them that it's empty, there's no ammunition, and there's a process that you went through. So there is security and there's a method for screening people as they come in. But in terms of the different types of uh, security officials that are there, First and foremost, there were several police officers there, and they were somewhere at the entrance, and others were walking through the galleries, you know, observing and making sure no malicious activities or, you know, intentions were afoot. But besides the police, there were also security guards. They had security guards, uh, more of them, I would say, you know, stationed in different areas throughout the convention center, 
making sure everything was correct, you know, checking people when they left, checking receipts, doing other things. So there was a decent amount of security, and it wasn't something that made me um, too upset because you could tell it was well organized and there was security in place. And you don't really get a sense of anything potentially, you know, disastrous could happen. I mean, could it happen? Yes, but likelihood given the factors and the protocols in place, it was pretty low. And of course, rules and regulations, if you're underage or a minor, you have to be accompanied by a legal guardian and a parent. You can't touch anything. You can't do anything. So there are rules and regulations. And like I said, if you're a resident of certain states or you have certain, um, if you have a criminal record, you can't do things, but it really depends. It's rather convoluted, which I won't go into, but there were rules and regulations in place that it, they were enforced and people had to follow. And that kind of leads into my last main point in, you know, how it feels. And this is kind of a interesting one because I honestly felt different emotions and feelings throughout the several hours I was there. At first, it was a feeling of like over, like a bit overwhelming. Like, oh my goodness, you walk in, you you get through security, they screen you, you get, you come in. And then the first part, you've already seen the vendors, you see weapons, and you see all types of things. And then you're like, oh, wow. And then you walk into the main gallery, and it's this very large area with all these rows of tables with vendors. And you start seeing just the number of firearms, ammunition, and everything else I previously discussed. And it's a little overpowering at first and a little frightening. Like, oh, my God, there's all of this, all of this stuff here, you know, firearms, etc. So it is a little frightening, a little overwhelming. And that was the first feeling that I had going in there. But after about 10, 15 minutes, that subsided because you get more acclimated to the environment. You kind of notice the people around. And at least that was for me. I settled down, and that's when I be, was able to more begin to enjoy it and observe without anything in the back of my mind. So. Then it was like the curiosity phase. I'm like, okay, wow, there's so much here. So I walk through all the different, you know, different aisles, all the different stuff, and just you know, just you know, scanning with my eyes all the different things they had to offer and what they were selling. And I talked to a number of vendors, and a lot of them are very nice people, very interesting. You get to learn a lot. They talk about you know their their backstory, what their company is, or what they're doing, and that's interesting in in of itself. I could talk for a long time about the people I, dis I discussed a, a wide range of things with, but in a nutshell, it was very enlightening and interesting. And then that phase of curiosity goes through, lasts for the majority of the time I was there. And you're going through and you're just like, wow, wow, this is cool. And then you see like historical things or you see a vendor who has a lot of old weapons like bolt action rifles or older weapons. And that's really interesting. You want to learn more about them. And that's when you kind of get, gain a sense of, I want to learn more, and your desire to understand, and the curiosity deepens. But also, I would say, besides the curiosity, it also makes you think, wow, I could actually buy something. Maybe I, maybe I want to buy something, but why do, why do I want to buy it? What could I do with it? Is it practical? Is it not? And then, you know, that's what I observed that a lot of people, and I observed a lot of people buying weapons, as I said, and it's interesting in a, in a number of ways. <clears throat> I know I've restated that again and again, but that's all I can really say in that it's just very interesting to see that. And I definitely say that 
going to a gun show may not be for everybody. If you are not someone who likes guns or agrees with them, you're not going to enjoy it. But at the same time, it is something unique. If you do visit the United States or you have the chance to go to one, I encourage you just because it's something new, you get an insight into, like I said, why. And that's one thing some of the vendors really have a, a lot to say about is why they do it, why they believe in it. Because a number of the vendors, they're not just selling guns. They have their own personal beliefs and ideas about them and why. Now, you can go back to the, the gun debate in the United States again and again and again. But I think it's, it's good to get different viewpoints just so you can understand them. That's what I value, and I think more and more people should should do, regardless of what you your conclusion is. It's always good to get both sides of the argument and different people's viewpoints because it broadens yours and makes it more clear. And I'd say, you know, makes your viewpoints more finite based on the evidence and what people think, and you have a sense of developing your own viewpoint on the issue with all the information presented. At least that's my perspective and what I try to do with this issue and many others that I encounter. So that's pretty much all I want to say today about going to a gun show. I could say so much more, but it's kind of difficult to encapsulate everything. But at the same time, it was very unique, as I've mentioned, and I've gained a lot from it in a number of ways, but also it does really help you understand to an extent American gun culture why a lot of people are so passionate about it, regardless of your viewpoints as previously mentioned, but it does give you that. And even if you, even if you disagree, which I'm definitely not a gun nut or anyone who's like, oh my gosh, I want guns, or I like guns, they're, they're a tool, they're an instrument, something you should understand and, and understand the consequences and capabilities that they have, which are very apparent, but regardless, it's good to know and it's good to learn, you know, learn about new things whenever you have a chance. So that's all I really want to go into, or that's really all I have to offer about my own experiences at a gun show. But I just thought it'd be a good idea to express these thoughts and share with you my viewpoints and perspective on what it was like to go to one. And, you know, I'm always interested in what people have to say or what different points are out there about this, and I'm always interested in learning about people from different countries or different areas, what they have to, to say, what they think, what's their viewpoint, what's their argument, and, you know, I think it really goes to kind of create a viewpoint of a lot of Americans, and specifically American gun culture, especially from those who live outside of the United States. I encourage you, you know, it's something you can learn more about if you visit the U.S., Go to one, see what you think, take away what you want, and then, you know, go from there. But that's pretty much all for this episode of International Immersion. I'm definitely planning to do some more content involving this because it's something, as I've mentioned, I've encountered again and again throughout a large portion of my life. So I just want to thank everyone for tuning in today. Feel free to leave your thoughts, comments on about this episode. Let us know what you want to learn more about, maybe anything I missed or anything you think is interesting or what else we can delve into, uh, feel free to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and uh, with the name International Immersion, both have pages there. Check us out on LinkedIn if you want to collaborate or do something. And of course, if you're interested, send us an email at internationalimmersionpodcast@gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And we're always looking for people to share their stories and discuss different different types of 
things like this. So with that, this has been another episode of International Immersion. Take care, stay safe, and we will see you on the next one.